0: And I hope this administration will be able to convince the Iranians that it is in their best interest not to pursue a nuclear pathway, not to pursue a nuclear weapon, not to continue to underwrite terrorism, but rather to behave like a normal nation. That's all anyone could ever ask of them. And we provided the toolkit for the Biden administration to achieve that.
1: What would it be like to sit across the table from world leaders, including the worst regimes in the world, like the Taliban in North Korea? And what would it be like to have a price on your head from the leadership of Iran? Hi, and welcome to inside the epicenter with Joel Rosenberg, a podcast of the Joshua fund, a ministry dedicated to blessing Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. I'm Carl Muller, executive director of the Joshua fund. And today we have a very special episode of the podcast an interview Joel did with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. I know you'll be informed and blessed to hear this fascinating conversation.
2: Hi, this is Joel Rosenberg, founder and editor-in-chief of All Israel News and our sister site, All Arab News. And we have got a fascinating guest here today. As we get close to the first 100 days of the Biden administration, the former CIA director, former Secretary of State in the Trump administration is with us. Secretary Mike Pompeo, thank you so much for being on this uh, interview today with All Israel News. Yes, sir. It's great to be with you, Joel. Hey, listen, uh, I think people are curious on your take now that we're, you know, roughly three months into the new administration. And I think people who've been fair have been trying to watch to see Has the Biden team learned lessons from the past? Uh, What have they taken from what you guys did? Where are they going next with regards to Iran, U.S.-Israel relations? And of course, building on the Abraham Accords and the Arab moderate relationships that have been so strengthened during the Trump year. So for this interview, I want to just drill into that. What kind of grade would you give President Biden on his Middle East approach so far?
0: Well, Joel, it's hard to know. They're just getting started. I must say, though, the initial indications, which is that people matter, aren't very good. The people that were chosen to lead the conversations around the Middle East more broadly and with Iran in particular are the same cast of characters that sent America down a bad path with respect to Iran that had entered into a deal that threatened the world with a clear path for nuclear weapon for the Iranians. So whether it's Robert O'Malley or Wendy Sherman, the cast of characters looks largely the same. And that that doesn't bode well for a deal that protects America in the way that needs to be done. I, I hope I'm wrong. They're in Vienna now. They were in Vienna the week before last. I hope that they have learned that 2021 is not 2015, that the work that took place these past four years created an enormous amount of pressure on the Iranians to conform to the things that the Trump administration asked them to conform with. And I hope this administration will be able to convince the Iranians that it is in their best interest not to pursue a nuclear pathway, not to pursue a nuclear weapon, not to continue to underwrite terrorism. Or rather to behave like a normal nation. That's all anyone could ever ask of them. And we provided the toolkit for the Biden administration to achieve that.
2: So let's break that down a little bit further. So the Iranians have now said that they're not just going to stop with 20% enrichment of uranium, the but they're moving to 60%. Now, for those who are not nuclear physicists, it seems 60% still is a long way from 90 to 95% military grade, bomb grade purity. But that's not exactly true, right? That, that's 60% gets them pretty darn close to nuclear weapons grade. Where's where this going? Well, Joel, the
0: truth is, uh, I think exactly as you described it, the JCPOA always left them within range of doing just exactly what they did, deciding on any morning when they woke up that they wanted to enrich uranium at a higher level. They've demonstrated that they can do this. This is the central folly of the deal. It left in the Iranian hands the capacity to decide the date and time at which they wanted to enrich uranium at a level that became a military-grade enough enriched uranium so that they could have a nuclear weapon. That's the, the central thesis. And the reason it's it's so, I'm chuckling because we can now see it's playing. The Iranians had that capacity to do it. And they're now showing that, well, when they have a bad day or when they don't like the way that the world is treating them, they're going to do it. That was always the case, even under the JCPOA. And so now, but, what, but what, the, so, so what you have to do, Joel, so our, our mission set was to deny them the resources to do that. We had taken their foreign currency reserves, the central number for how much Trade they can conduct from $123 billion down to $4 billion, according to the IMF. We have put real pressure on the Iranian regime to change its behavior, and I hope that this administration doesn't give up on that. It was the right plan to destroy what it is the Iranians want which is the capacity to coerce the world into allowing them to be the dominant force in the Middle East.
2: So just to follow up on that point, you're right. It is extraordinary how there's been a collapse in foreign currency reserves that you said from 123 to about $4 billion. That doesn't go that far uh, when you're a country of some 80 million people. So, But the basic conceit here seems to be the Iranian regime believes, apparently, that it really doesn't matter ultimately if it's willing to suffer the pain, it can go as far as it wants and either get major concessions while it still has all the infrastructure to go back to intensifying, you know, military bomb raid, you know, later, or nobody's going to take action. Now I, they do seem increasingly desperate on paper, but they're not asking desperate.
0: Well, they're not asking for desperate because I'm convinced they believe this administration will give them exactly what it is that they want. Indeed. Secretary Kerry told them, just be patient. This will only last four years, and we'll get right back to where we were. So they have good reason to believe that they may be able to get precisely what they want, which is no sanctions, the ability to conduct commerce around the world, the capacity and resources to conduct terror campaigns, whether that's through Hezbollah or the Iraqi militias, the Iranian-backed militias inside of Iraq, or the, you know, the the Iranians supported the effort of Assad that caused 6 million people to have to flee Syria. This is not a regime that the United States ought to permit to have trade with, or better still, permit to have weapons sold to them by the Chinese Communist Party, which is something which is permitted today under the JCPOA. This is weakness. The Iranians sense weakness. They will drive a truck through weakness. What they respected and had to deal with was an America that was strong and resilient under President Trump. I'm reminded that you know people say, well, it wasn't successful because the regime didn't change its behavior or its intent during the Trump administration, and so be it. I recall newspapers weeks before the Soviet Union fell, weeks before East Germany collapsed. People said, well, the policy is wrong. One never knows the date or the time that a regime will conclude that it can no longer stay with its malign activity, it can no longer engage in massive human rights violations, and it can no longer engage in taking hostages and will conform to international norms. I'm convinced. And if we stay on the path that the Trump administration had, that day will come.
1: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now, 800-497-4410.
2: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: Our verse of the day today is found in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-3. First of all, then, I urge that requests... Prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made in behalf of all people, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And our prayer requests today are, number one, to pray that God would continue to use the United States to be a champion for liberty and justice, and two. Pray that the relationship between the United States and Israel would continue to be strong, no matter which party is in the White House.
2: Two last quick questions. If the Biden administration continues down the path it's currently pursuing and Iran continues to move more and more aggressively, both on the enrichment, but also on funding of terrorism and fomenting subversion in the region, how risky is it that Israel will feel at some point that there's too much daylight between Jerusalem and Washington, and it may need to take action on our own.
0: Joel, if there's one thing that uh, Israel, since since its inception in 1948, if there's one thing that they have made clear to the world is they're going to defend with all of their might, their continued capacity to exist. And I am convinced that Israel will continue to do that. So the day they feel threatened, the week that they believe, that Iran is engaged in activity that poses an existential threat to their nation. They'll take every action necessary to protect and defend themselves. It is appropriate that they do so.
2: Appropriate, but sobering, especially from here in Jerusalem. We want a diplomatic solution. We want, you know, the sanctions to work. We want change because a war will be, will be brutal. All right. Last question, Abraham Accords. Not much has happened in the first three months. I'm not sure that it's really fair to, you know, you're not accusing them of anything. It's early going, right? But, well, what country do you think is the most likely country to go next? And is Saudi Arabia even in your top five?
0: Oh, those are good questions. I don't want to say much because I was involved in these very conversations. But I will, I will say this, Joel: the direction of travel is a one-way ratchet. I am convinced that what we've seen happen between Israel and Emiratis, and the Bahrainis, and even the Sudanese, and other countries that haven't formally signed the Abraham Accords but are moving in that direction—countries like Morocco. They can see the enormous benefits of partnering, befriending, conducting security operations alongside of Israel. I'm convinced that many more countries will come to see that a policy of hating Israel over the the desire to exterminate Israel as a foreign policy matter is a dead end, and we'll we'll sign on to this central understanding. It's one of the central achievements of our four years. It took great leaders like the Crown Prince in the Emirates, the leadership in Bahrain, Prime Minister Netanyahu in Israel, President Trump as well. It took great leaders to come together to deliver on this model for the Accords. And I'm confident that these will continue to grow and prosper and be good for people not only in the region, but it will cause America to be less likely to ever have to send its boys and girls to fight there as well.
2: You and I are going to be uh, speaking at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in June. Well, I won't be speaking. I'll be interviewing you. Just a few
0: weeks off. uh, Just a few weeks off. It'll be great.
2: We're looking forward to that. And uh, I'm going to ask you there. I won't ask you now, but you can chew on it. One question I do want to ask. Did you come away from your meeting in uh, northwestern Saudi Arabia with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman and Prime Minister Netanyahu more encouraged by where the Middle East is going Or how would you characterize whatever you can? So something to chew on, something to to, to foreshadow, (laughs) uh, whatever you can uh, muster for that question. I realize it's a a little sensitive, but thank you, Mr. Secretary. Appreciate your perspective and we wish you uh, all the best health and um, grateful for your friendship and all that you've done to uh, strengthen the us Israel relationship. And and I I just want to say thank you personally as someone who lives here and is a citizen of both countries.
0: Thank you, Joel. Bless you. So long.
2: Thank you. God bless.
1: Well, I hope you were blessed by that podcast episode. It certainly challenged and encouraged me and informed me about things that I had not thought about. And if you want to learn more about what God is doing and moving in the epicenter through the Joshua Fund, head over to JoshuaFund.com and sign up for our e-newsletter. Through these emails, you'll hear encouraging stories of life change that will surely bless you as well. And as always, check out our show notes for anything you heard on the podcast today that you'd like more information on. For Joel Rosenberg, I'm Carl Muller. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Epicenter.
2: Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.